Thank you for joining us. Here at BLC, our purpose is helping people discover and develop a life in Christ. Now here is Pastor Gary Tony. Guys, we get focused on what we're currently in the middle of. And sometimes, now, now when I say this, or talk about our relationship, we're not questioning, you understand, we're not questioning your salvation. That's not the issue here. What we're talking about is for us to be a little more self-aware of our relationship I used to say it like this, that we're more God inside minded when we go places, when we do things. See, I promise you, when you're a little more God inside minded, there are certain situations you would respond to differently. <laughs> Y'all okay today? All right. All right. And so in, in that, I want to start with this simple reminder from the Apostle Paul. He, he tells us this crazy statement in his letter to the Ephesian church. He says this, that we are to imitate God like little children. Is that really what he meant? That we're to imitate him, you know, in, in what? Now, if you read that passage, he says that we are to imitate God and walk in love. <laughs> yeah, sometimes the walking in love, it does require great faith, he goes on to say that we are to redeem the time, our time while we're here. Be, now, understand, God wants you to enjoy your, your, your salvation. He wants you to enjoy the holidays. He wants you to enjoy your journey. But he does want us to be more aware of our window of time we have here and be more intentional with our time as a disciple. You see, every one of you listening to me today, if you've given your life to Jesus, you're a disciple. And you have things that he wants you to do. And, this, and I'm not necessarily just talking about within these four walls. Sure, you will get opportunities to do things in here, but he's talking about in your circle. There are people that you cross paths with every day. There are, there are some people that you set across, you work across, and you have never once shared anything about the Lord with them. And I know you may not have had opportunity, but I promise you, if you start asking God, like we said last week, to give you opportunity, he will. He will open the door for you to sow a seed into their life. He says, redeem the time. And then he makes this statement. I don't know if you all are ready for this or not. But Paul says this, let your speech, say speech. Let your speech always be with grace. <laughs> okay, now, can I take just a second here? Let your speech, turn to your neighbor and tell him yours. Let your speech always be with grace. You see, here's the thing, guys. So often when we're emotion-led, many times our speech isn't with grace. It's because we're mad sad, whatever it might be, what, what the Lord is looking for us is to be this, this people of his, his disciples, that we are quick to hear, slow to speak. But we're not, we're not, we're not there yet, are we, y'all? We quick to speak. Especially in today's culture with the platform that you have with social media, you think you're all that because nobody, you don't have to look them in the face when you say the dumb thing. That... Yeah, we do. 
Let your speech always be with grace. And then he says this, make the most of every opportunity. See, your day, you need to get up recognizing this is the day the Lord has made. So often we get so consumed with the challenge, the trial, the situation. Something didn't go your way. And man, you, you're sideways in a minute. The thing that you have to understand, and, and I get it, we all, we all advance at different places in our transformation, in our growth, development as a disciple. So that's why I keep reminding you because faith comes, I want you to get this today, faith comes from hearing the things of God's word. You can't pray for more faith. The Bible makes it very clear. Faith comes one way. You got to hear stuff about the things of God. That's why we gather, you know, to listen to the message. But on, on, on your day-to-days, you should have this, this, these, these moments in your life where you spend some time with Jesus. And what will really help as you begin to develop in your relationship, not your religion, a, a key indicator of a truth that will move from the Spirit and it will affect your soul. Are you ready for this? You'll get excited about it. Let me ask you, how many of y'all, you can relate to this. You've gotten a revelation from the Lord and you're all excited about it. And you go tell your friends and they're looking at you like, what? Or even worse, so? I got that back in 97. <laughs> but you just got it. And you're excited about it. When you get excited about the things that God is showing you, Faith begins to stir in you, and you find yourself more at home with Jesus because you just got another revelation. He just gave you another layer of reality in the world that you've been born into. Like, like we said last week, Paul told us, he said, guys, you all are living letters, and you've been sent and anointed by him, by Jesus, for such a time as this. See, your time is now. Redeem the time. In all your Christmas celebrations and all your shopping and all the stuff that you do, I know a bunch of you, you're out, like my brother-in-law, he's out hunting right now. Half the time he just goes out deer watching. He doesn't really shoot anything. <laughs> right, Stephen? <laughs> or maybe you got one, my bad. <laughs> okay. Whatever it is that you're doing, I want you to stay aware that you are this living letter. You are the light in the world. You are the salt in the earth. People do watch you. And I'm, I mean, that doesn't mean everybody's going to like you or going to be drawn to you. Oh, yeah. But they, th- there's something going on in your life. And so you have to be ready for those moments when God opens the door for you, that you have enough faith and courage to step into it. And you don't have to have three points in a conclusion. You don't have to give a bunch of theological discourse. Just tell your story about Jesus. Or tell one thing that Jesus did for you and then leave it alone. Let it marinate a little bit, man. We want to do it all in one one fell swoop. We want to go witness to the person. We want to give them an altar call in the break room and get them saved right there. But most of the time, it doesn't work like that. And usually if it did work like like that, someone else has already been sowing into their life for for a long time. Listen to what Peter says in his letter to the church in chapter 4. God has given each of you. Listen, he's talking to you now. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to do what? To serve one another. See, now, he's not just talking about inside four walls serve one another. He's talking about daily. There ought to be people in your your fellowship that you check on, that you're looking out for. 
that you want to help out, that you want to do things for them. Serve together. We are the body of Christ. We're a family. You know, sometimes families disagree and have arguments, right? Isn't that the truth? Teenagers, you ever get mad at your parents? Yeah, I know. Right? Yeah. See, God has given us these gifts so that we can do something with them. And most of the time, your gift, you're going to discover it in the process. See, there's a place where you will shine like no other. There are things that God has gifted you with, you know, when you, whatever that talent may be. And there's some that you're discovering and learning, you know. For example, when you watch the worship team, I mean, I, I love music, you know, and uh, I play guitar barely. But John or BJ, well, they play it great. Why do they play better than me? They put the time in. See, you, you can have the gift, but it can lay dormant inside you if you never do anything with it. See, some of you, you have the gift of gab. And, and you're good at it, man. It's just that sometimes you've got to direct that stuff instead of squirrel. And you talk about whatever shows up, yeah? There's a place where you will shine like no other, but... You, you got to get this this morning. But, guys, we can't despise the grace that God has given us by comparing ours with somebody else's. You can't. Because every time you do that, you, di you, you disregard, if you will, or you despise. That's, that's a, a biblical word that God uses, the grace he gave you for, for something he wants you to do. And here's the thing. Before we can ever experience the grace that he's given us to do something, guys, we've got to embrace the grace he's given us to be with him. Last month, Cody did an excellent job teaching on this subject out of Mark chapter 3, but I want to highlight it again today because some of you weren't there to hear his sermon on it. So let's go check this out real quick. Jesus is talking, and in Mark chapter 3, verse 13, he went up on a mountain and he called to him those he wanted. Watch this. And they came to him. See, I know people think, well, if God called you, it's just going to happen. No, they could have said no. Matter of fact, some did say no. Matter of fact, some of y'all, how many times y'all said no? I know we've all told God, uh, no. Yeah. He went up on the mountain and he called to him those that he wanted. And they came to him and then he appointed the twelve first that they might be with him. Then, that he might send them out to preach. But what was first? That they got to be with him. See, this is the thing for some of you all. To discover the grace that God has gifted you to do things for him, you got to spend some time with him. And it's never out of some legalistic religious thing. Never. It, it is, Stephen. It's on purpose. And you just want to hang out with the Lord. Whether it's five minutes on your way to work or you got a few minutes in the break room, whatever it might be, but you're going to have to be intentional. When he called them, they went to him. He didn't chase them down. They went to him. And I'm telling you, there's not a day goes by that the Lord isn't calling each one of us. And I'm not talking about you're hearing voices, you understand that. If you're hearing voices, yeah, you better look into that. I'm talking about that knowing on the inside. That's the Lord. 
Hey, come do this. Go say this to that coworker. Go give them this. Go be a blessing. Go help. Being led by the Spirit in these things is how we become more effective. And here's the thing, guys. Whether it's the anointing, strength, passion, joy, vision, whatever it might be, they all come out of your relationship with him. Time with Jesus. So make yourself at home with him. That's what this whole home for Christmas talk is all about, that we're more aware on our day-to-day that Christ is in us, that the hope of glory lives inside us. But remember, before he sent them, he called them to spend time with him. See, that's the, and I can tell you this is one of the things that God wants more than anything is for some of us just to chill out for a minute. Just take a few minutes, you know, and and here's one of the simple things that I do, and and this is one of the pushbacks I get because this is what I hear, yeah, but you're a preacher, you're supposed to do that. Where's the preacher verse at that you're supposed to do that? Now, there's Christian verses, right? Then, Then I had to discover my calling and my giftings, just like every one of you do. And then I have to step out and do them. See, this is the thing. Home for Christmas is just that reminder for all of us that we are these joint heirs with Christ. But we are also ambassadors for him. So as you begin to hang out. So like I like was saying, one of the things I love to do is just take my word. And I don't, try, I don't, a lot of times, I don't try to be, you know, real specific on a study point. Sometimes I'll just go to a book and hang out. Like right now, I've been hanging out in the Gospel of John. And man, this guy, I was telling our John the other day, I didn't know this. I, um, I've got this um, history book I'm going through right now on uh, the churches. And the Apostle John, y'all may have known this, I didn't know it, uh, but... The, uh, the demon-possessed emperor at that time had him dropped in boiling oil. I didn't know that, Jack. And, and the cool thing is, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they went in the fire and came out. John went in the oil and came out, not burnt. And so the emperor was so mad at him that he exiled him to Patmos. <laughs> I know y'all think you got it rough today. <laughs> But the island of Patmos, it was an open, they called it back in the day, an open air prison. They just go dropped you off and you fend for yourself. And if whoever was the toughest, you know, well, you, you might have been, that might have been your last day. <laughs> yeah. And that's where John wrote the book of Revelation at. And, and we don't know all the, I'm, I'll, I'll share some more as I get into this thing. It's pretty interesting. But. John, when you get into his book, you, hear a, you, you get to see a different side of, of Jesus from the, the Gospel of John, from his perspective. Yeah? Remember, Jesus is the head. We are the body. Listen to John's words in his letter in 1 John. This is the epistle of John. And he says this, We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us. Now, that, that, fe- that word fellowship, it really means that you can have the same kind of life we have. And he goes on to say this, in that fellowship, that life is with the Father and it is with the Son. And we are writing these things so that you may fully share our joy. It's interesting how often these guys talk about joy and rejoicing. Hmm? And they were going through stuff. 
See, this is the thing that I want you all taking, uh, uh, you know, away from this talk is that sometimes rejoicing in the middle of the storm is your, is your breakthrough. Yeah, it, it really is. You know, this Christmas, let, let, let's, I mean, we're, we're supposed to rejoice at Christmas, right? I mean, for the born again, I'll, I'll, I'll take it a step further. For the born again, rejoicing is actually, it is a spiritual force that will always help your soul. You see, when you're going through something and the enemy's harassing you, you're in the middle of the trial, you're in the middle of the storm or the difficulty, one of the best things you can do is rejoice. Get you a worship song because it will, it will push everything else out when you focus on the Lord and you begin to magnify him. Because when you make, now the Lord doesn't get bigger, but when you magnify the Lord, it gets bigger to you. God doesn't change. He's the Almighty. But your perspective of him will change when you begin to exalt him in the middle of the difficulty. That's why Paul said in the book of Philippians from jail, rejoice in the Lord always. And, and I'm going to remind you again, rejoice. See, something that will help is if you ask the Holy Spirit to help you with some of this stuff. When you, when you find yourself in the middle of being carnal. When you find yourself being emotion-led. That's when you need to... Humble yourself for a second and ask him, Holy Spirit, I need some help today. I'm ready to hurt somebody. Now listen, see some of the things you already know, he's not gonna, guys, he's not going to make you do them. He's not going to make you walk in love. He's not going to make you rejoice. He's not going to make you have speech that is always with grace. He's not going to make you do it. But he will send me, he will send others into your life to remind you the Holy Spirit. John calls the Holy Spirit our helper. And he will help you with, with these things. So this Christmas, take a step of faith and express a little Holy Spirit-inspired joy. In the middle of this crazy, hectic world. See, some of you all on your job, they ought to see it on you. Yeah, I know that you're going through a tough thing. And they probably know you're in the middle of it. But they look over at you and you're like, and you're just smiling and you're rejoicing. See, but you got to do it on purpose, man. All right? Some of you, it may, not be, it may not just flow out of you naturally because you don't naturally do it. Because, you know, the world can be tough on you sometimes. Remember, like we said in, in part one of this, this kind of attitude, this home for Christmas mindset, being at home with Jesus, that really what it is, it's an attitude of faith. And it's, it's that kind of faith that is an evidence of something you can't see. But when you begin to step out in, into that, it begins, it begins to be something you can see. It becomes a reality in your life. And I promise you, joy, say joy. Tell your neighbor, joy, joy. Yeah. Sometimes in church, man, we just get dialed in and we're serious. Huh? Joy is a spiritual force. And when you yield to it, not only will it impact your life, it will influence other people. It, it will be contagious. I'm telling you, it, it reminds me of the Christmas carol. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Huh? Joy. Did he just sing? I did. I sang it. <laughs> Sometimes y'all just sing your sermon, huh? Yeah. In Luke, the angel said, I bring you good tidings of great 
joy. The psalmist said it like this. I wonder if we would ever practice some of this stuff. The psalmist said it like this. Let's shout joyfully for our king. We don't, we don't. Now, we, Cody, we might shout at the ball game. But shouting for Jesus? Mm-mm. But I just read the Bible to you. Yeah. I want you to listen to the message paraphrase out of Romans. This is pretty cool. God's kingdom, watch this. God's kingdom, it's not a matter of what you put in your stomach, for goodness sake. It's what God does with your life as he sets it right, as he puts it together and he completes it with what? With joy. I mean, I I could spend the next week talking about joy because the Bible is full of it. Because joy is this spiritual nature that is inside us. Matter of fact, joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. And it can do a lot more than just make you feel good. Here's the thing. It'll improve your countenance. Uh, Yeah, see, look at now. Now you want to smile, yeah. I, that, I know something, but that's my listening face, Pastor. I'm listening, yeah. Joy will improve your countenance. It will improve the quality of your life. And here's a big one. Joy, it will strengthen your witness. Yeah? My mom used to, I, I don't know if I can remember the old saying or not, you get more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. Yeah. Lighten up a little bit, okay? We, we, so often we're so intense about stuff. And the more time you spend with Jesus, what happens is that fruit, the fruit of his nature, it begins to show up in your life and it becomes evident. People recognize that on you. Let me show you this. Galatians, because it is a fruit of the Spirit. In Galatians chapter 5, it says this, but the Holy Spirit, it produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Pick, pick one of them. Today we're talking about joy, but these are fruits of the Spirit of God that lives inside you. And see, this, this sermon series, Home for Christmas, it's just a reminder, you all. I know that you know these things, but it's not the knower it's the doer. See, I, I know that we uh, have a tendency to get busy sometimes and we let things slip. But joy is this force if you yield to it. If you, let me take you back to the Apostle John for just a second. In his gospel, in John chapter 15, he talks about, or actually Jesus in John 15 is talking to the disciples. And he makes this statement. He says, guys, all the things that I told you, I told them to you so that my joy would be in you and that your joy would be full. And then he says this, so I have called you and appointed you so that you, I want you to notice how many yous are in there. He is talking to you today. I've appointed you that you go bear fruit, fruit that will remain. And then he closes out his statement with this. And my command for you is this, that you love one another. If y'all don't get anything else out of this Christmas message, love one another. 
Put others first. See what joy will do, because when you start yielding to this stuff and it becomes recognizable in your life, all of a sudden people will be attracted to you. Because nobody wants to hang around grumpy pants. Huh? Nobody wants to hang around sad sack. Huh? They, they don't. They'll avoid that stuff all day long. But if you got some joy going on in your life, they want some of that. They'll come hang out with you. They'll sit by you in the break room. You don't even know them. Like, what's wrong with you, man? Huh? So start listening inwardly. Be willing to be an expression of Jesus. Why? Because this talk reminds you that you're going to be more at home with him. Watch this, Psalm chapter 5. God says, you will welcome us, or the psalmist is saying about God, you will welcome us with open arms when we run to you. Watch this. I love the message sometimes. What's that, what's that next part say? Oh, it's okay, church people. You can say it. Let the party last all night. <laughs> huh? Let the party last all night. And then he says this, Lord, stand guard over our celebration. Now, obviously, he's not talking about your heathen celebration. All right? He says this, God, you are famous for welcoming the God seekers and for decking us out in delight. See, when you're decked out with the nature of God, when you're decked out with the fruit of the Spirit, man, people are, they're, I'm telling you. And when that happens, that's when that opportunity rises and you get, the, you get the opportunity to speak into somebody's life. See, Christmas, man, without a doubt, it is a time of joy. It is a time of celebration. But sometimes we got to help each other with this. We need to help each other stir up a little bit of joy. Because joy is supernatural. It's not emotional. See, happiness can be governed by emotion, but joy is a fruit of the Spirit. And when you yield to it, when you make place for that in your life, it's at that point that the Lord begins to grow something in you. And as, as the transformation takes place, you begin to, people, they begin to see stuff in your life. Because a lot of times, it's, the thing they see in your life before they're willing to hear in your, your, are you with me? Yeah. Sometimes your sermon is how you acted in the checkout line. My wife, she's gotten on me before because me and Trevor's talked about this, man. And if this is one of you, well, I love you. But man, you'll be in the, you'll be in the store to check out and you got and somebody in front of you wanting to play the, the, the lottery tickets. And you just went in there to get, get a drink and pay your gas and be on your way. And, you know, I'm like, man, get a separate line for the lottery. <laughs> Tracy's like, they could see you. <laughs> sometimes you're, how many of you know your nonverbal communication sometimes has, it, it's speaking loud. So loud they couldn't hear anything else, right? Like, seriously, man, I'm like. Don't, don't, don't be like me, okay? Don't do that. But sometimes, so I'm having this talk because like Peter said, sometimes we simply need to be reminded of the realities of our new world. Huh? 
Because we have this new life. We're supposed to imitate God. We're supposed to act like Jesus in, in these areas. Yeah? Here's something you've heard me say many times, and I think this might help all of us a little bit today. We go in the direction of our most dominant thought. Yeah? Let me tell you a quick story. I got busted, Billy. Not by the law. I mean, <laughs> of course, that's, I may be take, talk, taking my age there. That's an old school term, busted. Some of y'all new generation, you may not know what busted means. But I was at Costco. You ever been to Costco? Crazy. The, the checkout line was back to the toilet paper. I don't know if you know where that is or not, but that's the back of the building. And so I'm in the line, and, and you know, we're going up, and they, they know what they're doing. So they got all these things stationed. And I look over, and, and, and because there's a lady in front of me, and she grabs this box. And it's, what is it, the Ghirardelli chocolate chip cookie mix? Oh, yeah. I'm, it, was, it was the jumbo box. I mean, well, you can't go buy a regular anything at Costco. Right? And so I look and I saw her get one and I'm like, <laughs> you will go in the direction of your most dominant thought. And I'm like, man, I like your daily chocolate. I like chocolate chip cookies. Next thing I know, it's in the shopping cart. <laughs> wait, 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 I'm not done. I go on down. And on the front, you know how they have the end caps with the, with the different, these little tiny cheesecake bites. <laughs> I did not do well at the Costco that day. But what happened is, I get them home, and so I put them away. <laughs> I, know, I know, Tracy, some of y'all say, you hit them. I put them away. All right? Because, I mean, it's a, it was bad. Not to mention, I did have to make a test, test run, make sure that, you know, they were okay. So Tracy finds the box. She's like, where'd this come from? And then she, then she opens it up, and it's already been opened, and there's a pack gone. Like, what happened to that? I'm like, babe, I just had to make sure they were good. And <laughs> I, took, I had to take care of that. You know? I had to get rid of the evidence. You know? <laughs> My point is, this is what we do, guys. We will go in the direction of our most dominant thought. And make no mistake about it. Here, here, let me add this to it. And our mind, without a doubt, you can write this down 100%, our mind will absolutely be in or on what we talk about. See, sometimes you got to guard your tongue. Listen to Paul's words in Romans out of the message paraphrase. This is Romans 12. Now, I know most of y'all know Romans 12. Romans 12 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? By renewing your mind so that you can prove the will of God. Listen to the words in the message. I love the paraphrase here. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit in without even thinking. You're no longer of this world, you all. 
We are a different people now. We're born again. Not that we're better than anybody, but we're a different people now. Instead, he says this, instead, fix your attention on God. And you'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond. See, this is the thing that we do, though. We'll, we'll hear something in our heart that the Lord wants us to do. We know, it, it, we know that the scriptures confirm what the Lord wants us to do. But then we put on the brakes. Especially, especially when it's one of those things, like we started out talking about, you know, when Jesus said, my commandment for you is love one another. Yeah, but what if you don't like them? Well, then you need to fix that. See, sometimes... <laughs> Sometimes you being the one to go first. The thing about being a leader, this is something I've learned years ago. I'm still not 100% successful at it, but I'm still growing in it. The thing about leaders, leaders have to go first. And sometimes going first means saying I'm sorry. Huh? Because you didn't do it right. You didn't handle it right. You yielded to that carnal human nature. He says, readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond, quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out in you. He develops this well-formed maturity in you. How does he do that? By you conforming to his way. See, sometimes what will help you is you just get one, one scripture, one truth out of the word, and you meditate that all week. All month, you talk it over your life, you speak it over your life, because your mind will definitely be in what your mouth is talking about. Are you with me? So make sure we don't underestimate the power of our words. See, sometimes our words, this is what we have to get. According to what God says, life and death are in the power of our words. Man, some of these statements that the Bible makes are pretty bold. Life and death are in the power of our words. Can we get real spiritual for a second? One of the most spiritual things you will ever do in your life. Y'all should probably write this down and make a note. One of the most spiritual things you will ever do in your life is shut up. Just stop. I know, I, know, I know some of you got to be the last word person. You, you, whatever somebody says, you got to top it. You got to have a comeback. You got to say something. Sometimes, if you want to be spiritual, sometimes. <laughs> just shut it. Zip the lip. I know it's difficult, isn't it? Yeah. See, our words. See, sometimes we need to take a second and just self-evaluate some of that stuff. James, the Apostle James says it like this. Anyone who doesn't stumble in what they say becomes this perfect man, a mature man, and you are able to keep your whole body in check when you control your mouth. Most people, this is what I hear. I'll have... I'll, you know, I'll have people in, uh, you know, most of the time when the people come to see me, it's a marriage deal, you know, and they say dumb stuff. Well, pastor, I couldn't help it. He or she made me mad. 
So you're emotion-led, not spirit-led. Right? I, I mean, I'm just, I'm just checking. I don't know. I wasn't there, but just maybe you were more emotion-led than spirit-led because you had to say it, didn't you? You had to say it. You didn't have to say it. But because you're not spiritually mature enough to handle it, because the Apostle James said, if you've got this down, you can control your whole body. See, if I had my spiritual language down to the degree that I was in the line at Costco, I would have told my flesh, shut your mouth, you're not getting cookies. <laughs> huh? Let's, let's go back to rejoicing for a minute. When it comes to rejoicing, guys, you cannot rejoice and talk the problem at the same time. You can't do both. You can't rejoice and talk the problem. So when, the, when you know the problem's there, so maybe you just need to rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Paul said, let me, let me remind you again, rejoice in the Lord. See, right thinking is where this starts at because right thinking leads to right talking. And right talking is the rudder of our life. So let's begin to practice some of this, okay? Let's get our thinking dialed in. Think on these things. That's what uh, uh, Paul wanted us to understand in Romans. See, when you, maybe like Christmas, when we make room for the Christmas holiday, when we make room for decorating and all this stuff, some of us today, I think maybe we just need to make some room in our thinking for what Jesus says. Can I give you just a little instruction here that will help some of you? In Mark chapter 11, Jesus said this. Now, Mark chapter 11, verse 23, is, is Jesus' response to his disciples having a question about Jesus, listen to me carefully, talking to a tree. Now, I know somebody like, well, that's, 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 that was Jesus, and then others, well, that's ridiculous. Did that really happen? See, some of you don't even know if you can answer that. You have to make your mind up if the Bible's true. Not just the ones you like. It's all true. And Jesus talked to a tree, and a tree obeyed him. And Jesus is the firstborn. In John 14, Jesus said, the things I do, you can do, if you believe them. And then he answers his disciples with this because they're like, Lord, the tree. And he said, assuredly, I say to you that whoever says to the mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and doesn't doubt in his heart but believes the things that he says will be done. He will have what he says. What I would like for you to do when you have some time is you go through that passage and you, you highlight the word says. Because that's what he's talking about. You will have the thing that you say. See, spiritual truth, not just some hype. You have to have a revelation of this. Start saying you got to get this this morning. Start saying what your father says about you. Start speaking the word of God over your life. Are you ready for this? Start prophesying your life. Listen to me. Prophecy, the definition of it, is inspired speech, an inspired utterance. Now, I know a lot of people conclude that prophecy is just foretelling. But that's not all. Forthtelling is a truth. Actually, that's a gift of the Holy Spirit that Paul writes about in Corinthians. It is the word of wisdom. But prophecy in its simplest form is inspired word of God. And that's what your Bible is. And so when you get an inspired word from God, your Bible is inspired. That's what Peter says. 
Holy men of old were moved on by the Holy Spirit when they wrote these things. So you pull a scripture out, you find one that jumps off the page to you and you've got revelation on it, and then you begin to speak it over your life. Can I give you an example of how this works? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he's anointed me to preach the gospel. He's anointed me to heal the sick. He's anointed me to set them free that have been held captive. I'm anointed to do that. And I say it all the time over my life. I have, I have a whole bunch of them that I've written down. Because I don't just assume that I'm going to know it. And then I begin because when I speak what my father says about me, stuff begins to happen. Yeah. When you start saying it, one of the big ones is this. You move from religion to relationship because you know who you are. You are, are you ready? You are at home with him. You're comfortable with Jesus. You're familiar with him and, and never in some relaxed, you know, don't ever forget that. There was a gentleman uh, back in the early 1900s. He was a very famous evangelist. What's interesting, before he was evangelist, he was a professional baseball player. And then he met the Lord and he answered the call of God in his life. And he made this statement. And I thought, man, this is so true today. <clears throat> he says, the trouble with too many Christians is that they've got just enough religion to make them miserable. You see, because all religion is, is our attempt to do something. But when you know who you are in God, this is why Paul tells us that in order for us to be spiritual, not religious, you got to get your mind on those things because you will move in the direction of your most dominant thought. And then Paul makes this profound statement. I mean, I've thought about it and thought about it. He says this, walk in the Spirit. Now, I need you to take a second. How you walk in the Spirit? Because you're human. What's he talking about? Your born-again nature, that word walk, it doesn't mean just physically taking steps. It means govern. It govern your life. Get into the Spirit and let the things of God, let that be what governs your decisions. Walking in the Spirit is going to produce the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Obviously, we've been talking about rejoicing. One of those fruits is joy. Let me ask you this. Is it possible that when you rejoice, you're simply being an expression of the Holy Spirit? I mean, think about it for a second. Now, I'm not talking about laughing at the latest funny movie. I mean, that's great. Sometimes you need a good funny movie. A merry heart does good like medicine. Sometimes you just need a good laugh. Some, some of you, you ought to just laugh by faith. <laughs> just laugh. Right? Not laugh about my cookie store. Yeah? But when we get these things settled, when, when, when we remind ourselves of these things and we talk about these things and the more the fruit of his nature becomes evident in our life, people will begin to recognize that. Guys, think about this. I'm going to get you out of here in just a second. We live forever. Here's the thing, Annie. We ought to look like it. We ought to look like we live forever. Stuff doesn't get you sideways. Now, I'm not saying you, that you ignore things and you live with your head in the sand. I'm not saying don't be responsible, but I think so, so often in today's culture, we've, we've equated responsible with no fun, serious, don't want to be around. Because I'm responsible. You can't have fun being responsible? I know people that do it all the time. I mean, I try to be responsible, unless I'm shopping. <laughs> 
but I still have fun. You know, I'm learning. Tracy, you would have been so proud of me. I let people go in front of me. That wasn't funny, y'all. <laughs> Listen, uh, Roger, I was, I was, I was at the store. I was doing my thing, and and you got, you got this person that, the middle of the aisle parking person. You know, they turn their buggy sideways and they're looking for something, and then they're all stuck out. And I'm like, I'm looking at the other guys. They're like, and they're clueless. It's like they're the only one in the store. That's probably my sister-in-law. <laughs> guys, so remembering these things, being more intentional about being light. Huh? We should look like we live forever. We are supposed to be different, not better than, not religious, not pharisaical, none of that garbage, but we are different. We have the peace of God in us that passes understanding. We have the joy of the Lord in our heart. These are things that people ought to recognize on us. This is why we celebrate Christmas the way we do. Yeah. Because He has blessed us with this wonderful life. Now let me, let me, let me share this with you one more time and I'll get you out of here. But John, now remember we were talking earlier in John, the Gospel of John chapter 15. Jesus actually goes on to make this statement when he told them that his joy would be in them and their joy would be full. He actually goes on to say this, that their joy, watch this, would overflow. So let me ask you this morning. Is your joy overflowing? I mean, I can tell. <laughs> it's contagious up in here. <laughs> is your joy overflowing? Now, I know you're listening, you're focused, I'm just picking on you now, but I mean, once you're out of here, guys, I want you today, and I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to help you with this, okay? I want you to put a smile on your face. Now, now, don't be weird and cheesy. Don't, don't do that. But just, you know, usually, you know how some of you are like, just a little smile, okay? Rejoice a little bit. Because what will happen, listen to John's words. We proclaim to you what we've seen, what we heard, that you can have fellowship with us. And our fellowship was with the Father and with the Son. And we, we're writing these things so that you may fully share in our joy. See, this is the thing that God wants us to understand. This holiday, this home for Christmas season that we're in, we're going to be these rejoicing, overflowing people. One of my favorite scriptures is Psalm 118, and out of the message it says this. This is the very day, talking about Christmas, the birth of Jesus, this is the very day that God acted. So let's celebrate and be festive. Let's celebrate. Amen? All this really hinges on one thing, though. You got to belong to Jesus. See, at the end of the day, we can have all this fun, we can rejoice all we want, but until people get this revelation, I need Jesus in my life. Not a religion, not a denomination, not a name on a building, I need Jesus. And this is the reason that we want to remind you to be more joyful, because when you are, you're going to be more contagious, 
people are going to be around you and you're going to get an opportunity to sow the kingdom of heaven into their life and for the very first time they may get that revelation yeah I need Jesus maybe you're sitting in the room today and it just clicked with you you may not really like our style of church but in the back of your mind you're hearing that little voice like yeah you, you need that give me a chance maybe you're listening or you're watching and that thought's rolling around stop what you're doing and take a step of faith you don't have to know everything about it. You just have to believe something and then take a step of faith and speak that over your life. And we made it so simple. We put together this simple little prayer. We all say it together as a family. So whether you're in the room or you're watching or listening, let's all say it together. Give Jesus a chance in your life. Church, let's pray. Lord Jesus, come into my life and make me new. And from this day forward, Jesus is my Lord. Heaven is my home. I will never be the same in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you're in the room and you said the prayer, do me a favor, stop by our information desk. We got a gift for you, kind of help you in your next steps. Those of you listening and are watching, you got to tell somebody. The greatest thing in your life just happened. You get to live forever with us. You'll see me again someday. Yeah. Now, here's the deal, guys. Talks like this come with one thing, opportunities. So on your way out, <clears throat> you're not leaving yet. But on your way out, I want you rejoicing, putting a smile on your face, share a little joy, like Jesus said, that your joy may be overflowing. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to click on the subscribe button. For more information on Victory Life Church, check us out at victorylifeky.com. Thank you so much for listening.